Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising podcast. We have got a panel of AU Discord members today. Uh, so we've got a little game for our intros. AU Discord community member, what's your persona? Who are you and what's your persona? Mike. I'm Mike C and my persona is me. I love that Claudia didn't start. She's like, <laughs> all right, you all swim on your own first before I speak. Hey, hey right you know on. what? You take it, Merm. <laughs> uh, my name is Chris Merman. Uh, I'm here to press the record button mostly. And my AU persona is a troll of Jay Hirschko's entire existence. And he is a coward for not being here. Oh, you forgot Schneider. Good troll. No, I'm not talking about him. He doesn't exist in this world today. <laughs> Even better. Who you want to hand it off to? Uh, I listen. There's no better way that I like class up the joint, Sam. Like, let's let's have it, buddy. Hi everyone. I'm Sam Hogarth. Uh, my AU Discord persona is a confused Geordie, which is local um, in in the UK, and I am a weird Halloween kid. I love everything Halloween. That's me. I, I think Sam's persona is more like, let me say what you said, but smarter and better. And I think that's that what works. he does every, every single time. I can't word good. I've got an article or YouTube video to back it up. I will not. Uh, who's next, Sam? I, I think I'm the one that's left. Yeah, so I'll, 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 I'll pick myself. I'll pick myself for Sam. So, Stevie Kellogg, also known as Kellogg on the Discord, and I would probably be best known for the response, it depends, or for nagging people to try to get their next task done. That would be my Discord persona. Very true. I feel Good like that should be like when the, anybody types the words, it depends. I feel like your face should just like on Slack, you know, you could have those. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be like your face just looking disapprovingly like, like that. Either that or anything that ends in a question mark just pops up the answer. It depends. <laughs> or well, let me summon Simon Sinek and why? What's why? your why? There you go. That's true. <laughs> All right, and bring us I'm on. your host. Oh, can I do this thing? Yeah, you can. And I'm your host at Claudia OG and Claudia Orozco Gomez. And my AU Discord persona is the agile ancillaries enthusiast, imposter syndrome infected, hot mess mama, badass baby agility coach. Boom. Save the best for last. The, the fact that there's automatopoeia in your, in your persona <laughs> description, you win, Claudia. As always, you win. Uh, Mike, you want to tell us a little bit about our panel? Yes. We have a distinguished panel today. It's an inter international group. We have representation from four different countries. We have someone from France, someone from the UK, a couple of folks from the United States, and somebody from the country of Texas, because Texas is a different place. God bless Texas. <laughs> I love that he feels like he had oh, to justify God. that one. <laughs> but not Jerry Jones. Fuck you, Jerry. 
All right. So what are we talking about today, Claudia? What are we talking about today? So, you know, about two years ago, we started hearing about this thing called COVID-19. And then, boom, another onomatopoeia. It's a pandemic and work from home is our new norm. And then fast forward to now and we're ready for a two-year retro. You ready? All right. What's our mood? What's your smiley? What's your mood? Big sigh. <laughs> big, big sigh. <laughs> is that an improvement, Sam? Let, let's start with that. Is a big sigh an improvement? I, I would say kind of yes and no, because I, I recall just before lockdown in the UK, walking through a supermarket with very dystopian messages over the over the PA. Everything is fine. Just take what you need. Don't be worried. Our staff are here to help you. As you would look down rows upon rows of empty, empty shelves of toilet rolls, gone, food, gone. That was terrifying. I think the fact that it's kind of blurred into just a generic sigh, not to not 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 to kind of lessen the the devastation that's happened, but yeah, it, it's kind of better, I guess. I'm managing. Stephen, what about you? Um, definitely better than where things were. I think in part because working remote is more acceptable now because it's, it's been required. And so that's changed things. I think there have been a lot of positives that have come out of it as well. We'll get into that as we go along. But for me, better than it was two years ago, for sure. Mike, what Claudia, do you feel in a, in a better place? Better, different, different. But I, if I had to do it with a smiley, it's one of those smileys, you know, with the like weird googly eyes. Right. That's my mood. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. Mike? My mood is uh, slightly impatient and also cautiously optimistic. I, I feel like I'm on the verge of being able to escape from my little four wall prison here. Ooh. God, I'm jealous. Um, I, so I, I think Stephen, Stephen and Sam said, well, I mean, everybody's kind of spoken to like, some things are better, some things, you know, are about the same as they were. I honestly, we've just, the world, like our, the way that we work has been remade in our lifetime, right? Like in a, in record time and in, in our life, how many, how many people can say, how many generations can say how we work completely changed overnight? I mean, the industrial revolution has happened. Like there have been multiple world wars. There have been, you know, there was the internet revolution. There's, you know, there was all the, you know, the web 2.0 stuff that, you know, there was the, the crash, you know, you know, that was the, the dot-com crash that all of these things happen. And they're talking about like turning points, but like no, none of that holds a can. I mean, maybe the industrial revolution where we went from farmland to, you know, warehouses and factories overnight, like that's pretty dramatic as well. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, this we are looking at the single greatest change in how we work. Um, you know, since the since then, does any? I mean, that sounds bombastic, but does anybody disagree? It's yeah, you're, 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 you're I right. You're it's supposed it's to a, be like the, the one bringing the jokes. Look at you going getting serious. <laughs> on yeah, this I mean, this, this is the real this is the real paradigm shift, really. You know, the the industrial revolution brought people from the farms into the cities. COVID-19 has got us back out again, back into our homes. And now we're kind of thinking maybe we don't need to go back into, into the city centres, into the offices as much as we did. And that changes everything about how we work. Because primarily, like, if you have anybody in your team working remotely, regardless of how many are in the office at that point in time, you're still a remote working organisation. As much as you pretend that you're not, you still need to use the the remote working tools we've we've developed and acquired knowledge of over the last few years in a, in a hybrid context. So maybe we're not going to be fully remote by being forced into it out of necessity. We'll be in a situation where where we can do this by choice. We can choose how we work, we can choose where we work, and we can try and maximize the benefit from doing that. But this isn't going away anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get to the hybrid in a sec, but I want to ask out there where were That's, you? I just need to state that this, I sleep there. I have, for the last two years, I have gotten up and walked four feet and sat down and I started working. <laughs> If anything, the pandemic has made me a bed maker because my bed is shown <laughs> every day. I make my bed every freaking day now. So thanks, COVID. I really appreciate it. Is there is that the joke you were looking for, Claudia? That's a good one. That's a good start. Let's, so let's so I was going to comment on so, the last piece real quick. I do think that we're, we're going to hit, especially over this next year, a big poll. Um, even more so, I think, from the bigger corporations trying to, to reset as much as they can to work back in the office. And I think there's going to be a big pull from the employee side to fight that for a lot of people. So I think, yes, it's done a big pivot. I do think there's going to be a pretty strong kind of whiplash attempt of trying to pull it back to what was the norm. I don't think it's going to happen. And it's starting, isn't it? But yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry. So it's okay. Shut up. You're Steve. an uncontrollable bunch. So if we go back two years ago, what was your situation like, or where were you when you learned up oh, all of a sudden things are going to change? What was going on? I'll, I'll start. So I, um, this, this is my. Ahead, I was. Ahead, I was right here. I was already. 50, 60% remote. And when I wasn't uh, here in this, these four walls, I was on a plane out to a client facility or, you know, at a, a conference room in a hotel doing training or facilitating a session or whatever. So it was kind of like, okay, well, I don't get to leave my four walls as much. Um, I was I was already kind of set up for it, but um, it was like, eh, okay. 
it was a treat, right? Like it, it, since it, since you didn't have to be, I was in the same boat as a consultant, Mike, like you could, you could go to the office when you needed to, when you wanted to, yeah. I got on a plane when a client said, Hey, be here to go do this. Yeah. Um, but if there weren't those things, I had the flexibility if I wanted to Fridays, a lot of the times were work from home days for me. And, and I always treated those days, whether it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever, I always treated it as a treat. Well, then the treat left because it was the norm, right? So I would think that's, that's really what changed is that working from home for most people, not all, um, because like it or not, remote work was already part of our accepted practices, provided they were from folks working in another country, halfway across the world that were at a different bill rate. I don't want to, I hate the word offshore because that minimizes those folks that are doing amazing work over there. It's like, we're on and they're off. Like, you know, like what, like who's, yeah, why do I have those not us people? It's a rather conceited yeah. perspective. Yeah. yeah. Funnily yeah. enough, so I was working at the time, me. I was working at the time for a nearshoring consultancy. So what we were doing was largely working with organizations in our time zone, but in a city where the, the rates were much cheaper. And so I was actually used to hybrid working from an office. I would go to the office, my team of consultants would be there, and we would work remotely with, with our clients and their developers. So we were kind of used to having to participate in virtually in in big meeting rooms at a bank down in London. I think that Chris hit an interesting point that the option kind of went away. Now this was all you had. You had no choice. This was it. This you know, completely remote. So the ability to periodically connect in person with people left. And that's that was the biggest change that I, I found. Plus just the general social anxiety that that time that time period brought oh right so i, I was so in a little can... bit of a different spot i was driving over an hour each way to an office where they required us to be in the office and we had been asking for a very long time to get at least a couple days remote and uh it was the no owner wants butts in seats and uh when covid hit it finally was, hey, we're not comfortable being here and had enough of those that he finally said, okay, if you're not comfortable being here, you can go work remote and everybody left. So then we started working remote and uh, magically all our numbers went up for what they were tracking. So I was a bit different from that perspective. Um, one of the things that changed is we used to do phone calls with clients and that shifted to doing video with clients because I, at the time when, you know, before COVID, we would actually go on site to clients and have a meeting and then leave. Well, and phone calls in between. So this just shifted all of that. So we basically didn't do any more phone calls. We mostly set up video meetings. Yeah, and we, we weren't, you know, back to when you did the video meetings, you weren't required to be on camera. We thought we as agilists, we thought, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the people, 
you know, the people person and say, I care about you as an individual. So let me see your face. Like, let's connect. And we, like, we became real advocates of that. And then every HR department was like, everybody turn your cameras on all day, every day. And we're like, but what if I, what if I need a break? Like we didn't have camera fatigue. Zoom fatigue did not exist in our vernacular. Then we, I did not have, I just finished a, a half day of planning and I, my camera was on 90% of the time because I was in charge and I wanted people to see my face. That's hard, hard for people to look at you like trying to not pick your nose on camera. Like, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just, you know what I mean? Like that we all, or eat lunch. We, you know, we plan through lunch kind of a thing, right? Like, what am I supposed to do? Just shoving almonds in my face because I don't want them to, you know, see me like sticking a, like a soup or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, let me, let me, let me gnaw on That's the interesting here. point, because when we first went remote, there were a couple of us that did have our cameras on and everybody else didn't. And mm -hmm. it was, there was a big back and forth with, you don't want to force people to turn their camera on, but you want to ask, but you don't. But so, yeah, it's been interesting. But you want to see faces at some right. point? Yeah. Plus, IT departments had all kinds of budget for travel, for things like planning events or you know strategy workshops like i never had a client not willing to spring for i i would cross my fingers and go please don't need us in person please don't need us in person because it would be just nice to have a break and they're like no get your ass here right fly here plan this facilitate this be here right and so i got good at owning a room and there's not a room to own anymore. I mean, we can say like, this is a, a you're, room. You're owning this room. You're, you're owning No, I'm not. You no, got I'm just it. talking a lot. That's different. And after I said yeah. it, it's it different. Yeah. But, so what, I was in a very different place. I was a subcontractor at the time. And in the early stages of my pregnancy and the company that I was working for all of a sudden, figured out, oh, we've got so many subcontractors and not enough office space. So we got to get rid of our subcontractors. They got to work from somewhere else. And I was a person who felt like I could not work from home. I need, I need to see people to do my job properly, running from meeting room to team to meeting room. And so this news hit and I thought, oh God, how am I going to do my job? Like, how am I going to talk to people? Mm -hmm. And that was then. Yeah. If I can, I want to uh, tag off something Chris was saying just a minute ago about owning the room. And uh, I've seen this in practice and read about it as well, is that going to remote and video where everybody's on an equal size square kind mm -hmm. of uh, lessens a little bit of the power gradient. And I'm curious if that has been your all's experience or not. I feel like I mostly undermine myself on that. Steve and I are wearing button downs. That means we're more important than the people wearing t-shirts. Well, you see, this is the thing. I, I will tend to undermine myself. Pajama pants. Like I'm wearing pajama yeah. pants here. You can't even That's see that. That's the thing. I'll, I'll wear something smart on top. I am wearing something smart yeah. on top. And then I'll stand or up am. and have Sonic the Hedgehog pajama bottoms on and it's just like the the meaningful message i've tried to deliver is just being undermined by a little bit of 90s whimsy that's why you do all your meetings standing up so that you don't ever have that problem 
which is something I have done this year, by the way. All right. I, let, let, are let, you excited for the new Sonic movie, Sam? Is that what we're, this is about? Like you, you, uh, you need to see Jim Carrey with a giant mustache again. <laughs> well, if we're going for '90s throwbacks, then yeah, sure. <laughs> you and my ten-year-old son are in the same boat. If you're interested in a new Sonic movie coming out, and that's not a bad thing. Sorry, Claudia, you wanted to talk real stuff. No, that's fine. I just wanted to, you know, carry on with our retro. There's always a disruptor, isn't there? <laughs> No, because uh, we started going down this route. So I've got a phrase for you to complete. Unlike working at the office, when I work from home, blank, fill in the blank. And we're thinking. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. And when I'm working from home, I have more time to study. I think I've always been somewhat like nervous if I was watching a conference talk in the office mm. or I had my head buried in a book that I wasn't being seen by somebody else to be doing the right kind of work. Like I wasn't, you know, at the coal face programming. And now, you know, if I wanted to take a book to the loo for a bit or go downstairs and, re and have a cup of tea and, you know, um, just kind of check on my blog feeds or something like that. That's cool. That you know, I feel like I can take that time away from the desk just to kind of recharge and not feel like somebody is evaluating my performance. Sounds like you were in a very safe environment before. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm paranoid. It could be that. If I had said all of that in Texan, y'all would be barbecuing me. Like Sam. Sam says words way better than I do. Like, let's just start there. Okay. What about you, Stephen? Um, I think in part, it's nice to be able to just take a few minutes and, you know, step outside, let the dog run around or, you know, go actually have lunch with the family or, you know, those types of things you just can't do when you're at the office, obviously. So that would be one of them. Um, and not doing an hour plus on a commute each way is fantastic. Um, the thing that that has done, though, has made me find have to find other times to listen to podcasts or that type of thing. So yeah. it's an interesting twist. I'm just remembering back to the days when I was a QA lead and I would bring these these zip like these uh, not zip, but uh, these flash drives these thumb drives that had all my BitTorrents that I downloaded from the day before and I'd plug them into my work computer. And then I like, while I was doing my job, I'd have on my other I'm screen, running. I'd have, yeah, I'd have, I'd have what I was watching for the day on there. So I don't, this idea of Sam, of you feeling shame <laughs> of, uh, of uh, doing things in the office. I don't, I don't know if people of this podcast know, but I don't feel a ton of shame. So that might illustrate that further. Every information security professional that's listening to this is just holding their head cringing at the plugging in a thumb drive. No, 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 no. People like you, why Stuxnet happened. I have to get, no, no, no. Then I have to get into how my current MacBook that I work on now uh, was set up by sysadmins that had never used MacBooks before and they <laughs> disabled iMessage. No. 
That's a fact. They disabled iMessage. Actually, on that, has anybody moved job during the pandemic then? Because I mm. did, and getting a MacBook set up oh, remotely. Oh. Yeah. Pick, picking up a MacBook from an office while in lockdown was fun. It was kind of like, you know, a an elaborate pantomime-style handoff because we couldn't get close to each other. I'm going to instru- toss it now. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Here, here. Be sure to here's disinfect the, it. Wipe it down. Here's the equipment. Um, my instructions were to go to the office, pick up the MacBook, go home, and await further instruction. And the first thing I had to do was type in a password. It's like, well, bollocks, I didn't get that. So, yeah, has anybody had any kind of equipment issues or anything like that around around taking a new job? I, I don't everything know that Merm can actually have an international panel because Texas thinks it's funny when people say politics. Okay, it is funny. It is funny. I love it. Nobody can see yeah, no, 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 no. that Don't Merm is there like everybody with a huge laughing. kid smile. He said everybody was like, laughing. Everybody was laughing. I still, I barely understand what the word means. I just assume it's sort of kind of, it's kind of like, kind of like swearing, but like not. So who cares? Oh. Can we uh, see? Claudia, you, your question is. Thank um, you, Mike, unlike, for bringing us back. All right, Mike. Um, unlike, unlike working at the office, when I work from home. I have this uh, schizophrenic experience. I appreciate the flexibility that I have to do laundry, to uh, make lunch, whatever I want without having to think about it beforehand. The uh, other part of my personality is uh, wanting to pull out the hair that no longer exists and, and, you know, jump out the window because the uh, feeling of isolation from not having human in-person contact is is very um, it's draining. I, I I get a lot of energy from human contact, and I you know as much as I love seeing people on video, I, it's not the same. Anyone else feel like that? Uh, I, I think my version of that is just l- like, lo- I, I got to know the word loneliness in a new way. Um, because I, mind you, it's not like I work eight hours and not speak to people. It's not like all my conversations are over text. If that was my life, like I get the word I get before COVID saying lonely, you're like, oh, well, if all you do is like work over Slack, like, of course, you're not going to feel connected to people jerkwad. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I understand loneliness in a completely different way now. As, as I just told you all, I sleep four feet that way. And I like, I'm in, I'm just in a box. I'm in my bedroom. You know, my wife works upstairs and I shut the door so that my loud ass doesn't like distract her in her meetings. Right. But I, I don't hear the buzz of things. I, I was the kind of person before COVID that I wanted to go. I loved sitting in a coffee shop and like, we can say what we want about corporate coffee, but like one thing every Starbucks has is Wi-Fi and coffee with free refills with my Starbucks card. So I could go in and I could just do my thing. And it's like, you got the energy from people being around you mm-hmm. without having to actually interact with them. And so like, <laughs> I, I, 
I'm not completely extroverted, but I still got like, I got the interaction that I want. And then someone sit down next to you and be like, Oh, you know, how's the, how about them cowboys or whatever, or some dumb thing. And you can have a couple of minutes of conversation then move on. I don't have that anymore. I have to like, I have to go, I take walks now and I'm on my phone and I'm on Microsoft teams, like just messaging people. Um, because I'm like, let's have some interaction with your team members. Like, let's be like, Hey, how's life? What's going on? Can I solve anything? Whatever. I do that while I'm walking on my phone now. And I used to just walk over to their desk and be like, what's up person. How are you? You know, like that's, that's a loneliness that you just don't get. Like you just don't get until you've had to go through it. I've, I've, I have felt that many, many days. Depression has, managing depression has never been a part of my work. It never, never has. I've struggled with depression, but it, a lot of times it's on a personal level. But, and, and I've struggled with work before, but I never, I never called it depression. I have legit had depression in various ups and downs and strengths. I, I don't think I'm struggling with it right now. But if you think about it, for two years, I have experienced a loneliness and a level of depression that I've never been able to identify. And it has affected me professionally to the point where I have stated on previous podcasts many times, because we podcast about this topic before, I, I professionally regressed during the pandemic. And I'm just now starting to dig my way. And I, we can talk about how we are digging our way out of it, I'm sure, in a minute, Claudia and stuff. But like, like, let's just recognize the fact that we've all had to deal with depression in some way, shape, or form that we never had to. One of, one of my clients is, uh, has a, a teenage daughter. This is her first year in high school. So she spent, her daughter spent uh, yeah, eighth grade and freshman year of high school remote or part of it remote. And her daughter is experiencing uh, similar kind of uh, emotions and feelings and challenges. It's been, right. yeah, uh, you're not alone, man. <laughs> Yeah, I think the other side of that's going to happen, too, is that as people start going back to the office, there's going to be an, an anxiety of, wait, I, I'm not used to dealing with all these people. And so, overstimulation. That's that's interesting. Yeah. 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 I find it very hard to regulate the highs and lows when I'm working at home by myself. Like if I get really excited about something, I can't I can't kind of share that enthusiasm effectively with other members of the team. They don't get to see and feel that in the way that they would if I was in the room spinning around the desk. But likewise, <laughs> if something if something gets on my nerves, that can ruin a day, you know? Mm. Whereas previously, somebody at work would have probably said, right, we're going out for lunch. Let's just go, go, go somewhere and have a rant. And then you'd come back in after your lunch break and just being a better place. And when it's you... In a, in a room I can barely stretch my hands out in and your own thoughts. Yeah, there's, there's a reason why kind of solitary confinement is considered one of the most depraving forms of punishment you can you can do. We are inherently social creatures and we've, we've had that forcibly removed from us. I feel like it's about the 700th day of March, 2020. Oh no. <laughs> I, see, I actually, I think, I don't now miss going to the office because I've become a hermit, a happy hermit, but I miss the spontaneity. So I miss just being, you know, that random, oh, I see something's going on with you. 
let's, you know, like Sam was saying, let's go out for lunch or let's, or just running the serendipity, running into somebody and hey, okay, I haven't seen you for a while. Let's talk. And actually what, what that's are the, what I- What are the positives of, you know, there's the, the definite downsides, but there's been, there's some upsides too. Like, yeah, it's, I find it when I need to just like shut off the world and focus, it's a lot easier. Yes. So let's, let's, let's go towards that. Where are we now? So we're now two years into this thing. Some things have changed. We're saying it's end of pandemic or it's no longer as it was two years ago. What are we thinking now about the past two years and about our situation now? Like, okay, to ask that again in a, di- a little different way. Okay, so we were talking about what we were thinking in the beginning of the pandemic and how working from home has impacted us. But now we're two years into this thing. And maybe some of us are going back to work. And Stephen was saying earlier, companies are probably going to start pulling us back into the office more. Some of us might already be in the office. So now, how are we feeling? Like, what's your, I don't know, what's your wrap up for this retro? What's your impression? We're rapidly redefining the way that we work. We are only two years into a generational shift. It hasn't been long enough yet for us to truly understand what the impact of this is. I'll, I'll, let me let me plus one to what Sam is saying and and maybe add to it by I, I think that so if we look at whether you're at a good way of working or a terrible way of working because and it's not it's neither all bad or all good right there's some of both I think the um, the people that had a poor interaction model with their you know that had fiefdoms they had their own little org their own little silo um, you I noticed people quickly trying to recreate their 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 little realm and walled garden in a remote world by things like hey you know in teams my own only my team has access to this only my team has access to that or this slack channel is for this not that or here's a document center but not for you so like permissions were used as a way of walling people off and Honestly, we're just now starting to realize, I think that in a way, our job as Agilists kind of started over because we're having to recreate a better way of working in this new world. IT budgets are already already borked long term, right? I just said IT budgets had all the room for travel if it was the if it was for PI planning or for a workshop or they were bringing a consultant in. I think as a consultant, the day of being a traveling consultant, I don't know that's ever going away. My old firm is actively playing with Oculus now to try to have meetings even though they don't actively do anything with it, but they're still playing with it as if everybody's going to put on a freaking mask to have a meeting kind of a thing my wife's company tested out like different virtual meeting rooms so that they could you know pilot it and it also didn't go anywhere because the technology is not there yet um but 
the budgets for being together and doing things doesn't exist anymore. That money is now spent elsewhere. All of the IT budgets for things like getting together and traveling in office perks, right? They send you swag now. They 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 send you they send you like a standing desk stand or they or or a new set of AirPods oh, so that you can or whatever, right? So instead of spending their money on like, let's get into the office and make it better. Let's travel and like really make this workshop a thing. All that budget is accounted for now. I don't know that it's coming back. I My new job that I just started, I told my boss, when can we, when can I get the team that reports to me, right? When can we get together? He said, I don't know when you'll be able to. And like, that's a hard pill to swallow. It's yeah. not just the fact that old crappy ways of working have been recreated in the virtual world, but there's no budget to fix it anymore. I got to do it all in this remote world and all my success or success metrics now have to be recalibrated for post-COVID. But isn't this the kind of space where agile principles and values are actually the most powerful? Complex, adaptive, uncertain, where we do small experiments and learn along the way. I think I think the agile community actually has quite a lot to give here if we if we play our cards right. I think we got. I disagree, Sam. I don't. Sorry, you and I are having a chat with everybody else. I apologize. I'm dominating. I I, I disagree because face to face communication means something different now, and individuals and interactions mean something different now. Um, like the building the right environment around motivated individuals works different. It's all interpreted different or interpreted differently now. We brought an old school sensibility to agility prior to COVID. And I have said I in many private conversations, I haven't said it on this podcast before. I think the manifesto is completely different and has a completely different meaning post-COVID. And I, I know that's a hot take, but I don't think I'm wrong. I was looking I'm, more I'm towards. I'm glad you the... don't think you're wrong. You <laughs> agree with yourself. <laughs> so think, thinking more about the kind of sense making, yeah. actually, of of how do we kind of act and sense and respond to what's going on right now? You know, um, you see discussions on LinkedIn about people asking, "How many days in the office are you going to be spending going forward?" And that's not the right question to be asking. What we actually need to say is, "What are the best interactions that we can have, and where are those best?" performed is it in person love it yeah is it in person is it in virtual space is it by pre-recording something and sending sending a presentation around we need to learn this so that you you're what you just stated there sam you know we, we can take something from from what we how we coach um, organizations is start with the outcome what's the outcome we want to achieve just like we would if we were writing epics or hypotheses and then for that outcome, an in-person interaction is the bang is worth the buck. And uh, to, to, you know, a, a few thoughts along the uh, train of thought you shared there just a minute ago, Chris. I my I believe that what we're seeing is a, a bit of a pendulum swing. So you know, with the the vast uncertainty that the pandemic created, you know for probably good reason, most organizations clamp down real tight. It's like we, we got to conserve money because we don't know what the future is going to be. And as we're starting to you know, get comfortable with a different normal, there's, you know, there's still a, a holding on to the idea that we don't need to be in person. 
over I, my belief, hypothesized that over the next 18 to 24 months, organizations will start to see the, uh, the downside to not being in person periodically and the pendulum will start to come back a bit more uh, towards the center. There's gonna be, or and there's gonna be outliers on either end. And the organizations that were poorly, poorly managed before will continue to be poorly managed after likely. And those it may be the ones that show up as, you gotta be in the office three days a week without regard for the uh, value that being together brings. Uh, better managed organizations will likely take a, take a different approach. Um, and uh, there's, there's some organizations that are taking a bit of a practical approach and they're saying, you know what? Intentionally, we wanna create a culture that values people being together and we, we're going to consciously take a hit on our recruitment because it's a lot easier to recruit people if you if you don't have to come to an office, you got a bigger talent pool and and more people will be more likely to, to want to join your company. But there's some so I know a guy who's CEO of a big tech company. He's not not like Facebook big, but but pretty good size. And he's he fought his board of directors. He said, we're going to bring our people back. And it wasn't because he wanted to uh, count cheeks in seats. But he was thinking about the young talent in the company and how those people would not develop as well or as fully if they were uh, working in in the dispersed virtual environment. So his his motivation was, I want to build the kind of uh, talent pipeline and the culture and the resiliency that is possible. And it was a deliberate choice, and he knew he was making trade offs, and he. He, he fought for it and and uh, and got agreement. So yeah, we're, we're gonna. I think we're gonna see the outlier. You know, people on either end, and the middle is gonna be a little more. Uh, it takes time time for the pendulum to come back. What's what your take, Stephen? I think so. Some your, quick your comments. We should know how you feel about it. Yeah, I I guess. I was going to shift a little off of just me, but more commentary and whole, but I can shift back to me at the end. But, you know, I think part of it is when you look at things like budget that was being discussed, there are big companies that are paying a lot of money for office space that they've signed 10 year agreements on. So there's, there's a, a push there to, Hey, we have these offices, we need to be using them. So let's pull people back. I know some big companies that actually have recently said, okay, we're going to completely go back in the office and there are no waivers for working from home, period. I think they'll probably lose people over that, but I mean, if that's what they're going to stake their claim on, then, you know, hope they survive. I think there are also small to mid-sized companies that have been in existence 10, 15 years that have been nothing but remote. So if we can take some of the stuff that they've learned and start filtering that into the mindset of those who are of the last two years incorporating remote. I think we'll we'll see a lot of win there. Um, I, my nephew was sent an Oculus, same thing. Three thousand people in the company. They tried to do a big deal, and he said, honestly, we just ended up back on Zoom to meet everybody and say hi. Um, but what we haven't gotten into are what are some of the benefits that we can actually use to help with some of this stuff. 
one of the things I've did at my last company when we went remote and I've done it at the new company I'm at now is we do a company lunch. We do it over Zoom. Right now we do it every two weeks. It's a 30 minute slot. You watch people eat over camera? (laughs) Yep. You used to watch people eat across from you. I didn't watch them put food in their mouth. No, 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 no. It's different. It's different when you're sitting there and you can look all around. I don't have to watch someone go. Well, you don't have to watch them do that either, but yeah, we do it. I mean, and by last company, we had some people that we all have our camera on, but at the last company, we had a couple that wouldn't. And yeah. And the rule is we're not talking about work, you know, and that's part of where you get into the, I love that rule. it's the, Hey, what did you do last weekend? What are you doing this, you know, this coming weekend? What movies have you seen lately? Um, I think adding things in some of the chat programs for a, a random spot or a, you know, like we have on discord, we have, out of the course of, I mean, think about Discord and the group. I haven't met any of you guys in person, but I consider a bunch of you guys my friends, guys and gals, sorry. Um, right? But, and I'd love to sit down and have a beer with you guys and gals, but I've never met you. Well, if we can do that, that's true. If we can do that with a group of people that we've never met, but we've formed this community we should be able to do that inside of companies and inside of teams and companies. That's fair. It's very glass half full of you, Stephen. I'm not mocking you for saying that. I'm I, like, it's that we do need a dose of that from time to time, right? Like, no, you did watch people eat Merman and I kind of pushed back, but my pushback was lame. So I, I mean that you're not wrong. Uh, it just, I don't know. It, I don't know why it so, feels different, but it just uh, does. No, it, I, will I mean, never, it does feel I, different. I don't know how to ask my team members. Uh, my last company, they used to have something they called Beer 30, which is like at the end of the day on Friday, everybody just right. gets on and talks about something different. I'm like, I've been on meetings with y'all all day long. The last one you want to do is be on camera for another hour with y'all. And yeah, I, I'm kind of with you I struggle. It's, it's really weird, isn't it? Just kind of after the working day, drinking on webcam, getting pissed. It's not, it's not how I want to be spending my time. However, at an old job, we had one of the developers who in his spare time was a DJ for a type of Northeast music called Machina. Google it and bask in its confusion. And so- Sam, you may need to explain to the US audience what that, getting pissed. (laughs) (laughs) We can can figure it out. No, 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 we can, don't explain it. The more you explain- Context is king. Um, No, 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 no. we know what it means. It's fine. If you don't know, you Google it. Piss drunk. Yeah. Does that help? Yes. All right. I know that phrase. So- what what we did to try and vary that a bit on a Friday, we had a guy who was a DJ for a type of local music. And what he used to do was basically run a live session from the office. So he, he'd brought his decks in, they absolutely stunk of weed, but that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell that those, that those uh, turntables were certainly experienced. But yeah, and, you know, he would kind of, just just run a session and it, it did feel a bit more like you know we we had more of a purpose because we had the shared music in addition to you know just just kind of playing a spotify playlist or just sitting at our desks with a can of beer and that that was cool yeah 
Yeah, that's a good silence difference. is bad on a podcast, Claudia. <laughs> so ask I was going to make a way, comment just, though. I wanted to. Not, I just wanted to let it sit. Oh, no, that's not good. I on do a shush. That's not good a on a podcast. All right. It's good if you're uh, in video, you can make it sit. I wanted to make a quick comment on the budgets because I do think you had a good point, um, Chris, earlier. But it's, Chris does not sit in my brain. Sorry, Merm. Uh, I kept having to say, "Who is Mike referencing? Who's Chris?" Oh yeah. Anyway, I think part of the problem with budgets is that when things went remote, IT had to shift budget to support remote in a lot of companies. And they didn't have that necessarily in place before. I know because we've helped a lot of companies actually implement that. So that's where part of IT budgets went. I think if you look at, like I was mentioning, some of the companies that have been in business 10, 15 years, they actually had budget to get people together once a month, once every quarter or something. So I think you will for those who actually start to embrace the remote may start to shift some of those budgets to make that happen over time. Claudia. <laughs> uh, we're coming up on time. So let's get this last question in. It's gonna be a quick one. We'll go around the table. What's your personal, either remote or hybrid survival tip or takeaway? We'll start with you, Mike. Uh, my, my takeaway is that uh, I'm my own worst enemy sometimes. Something I thought would be uh, a miserable experience, I found a way to make a positive experience from. And a survival tip is to uh, be kind to yourself, take care of yourself, and not uh, don't, don't let the... The, the madness that we used to feel in person translate over into uh, the, the electronic leashes. And, and forgive yourself and, and it's okay, just be who you are. Thank you, Mike. Um, Sam, how about you? What's yours? Remember that people are people and not boxes on a screen and that everybody is trying to contribute and help and swim in the same direction in, in their way. It's easy to get mad at a box on a screen. It's less mad. It's less easy to get mad at a person, and that that has been a mantra I've repeated myself to myself whenever I've got annoyed at a box on a screen, <laughs> which is quite a lot of the time. We all do it, Stephen. Um, I would say get involved which is an interesting twist because everybody's so isolated, but because people can't meet in groups, there are a lot of meetups that are online so you can get access to things you couldn't have before. So hitting different events, um, getting involved with things like Agile Uprising Discord. It's a great way to watch people make fun of other people. I mean, um, troll, I mean, give good advice to other people, but yeah, it's a, it's a good community. Get that plug in. the above. I get an extra point now, right? A little <laughs> podcast point. Ooh, we got to start that. Merwin, what's your takeaway, your survival tip? I um I was not a person that went for walks ever hmm. in my in my day. I don't know, like maybe I just thought I was too young and hip, which I'm neither of I'm not I'm I don't have any of either. Um, but I, 
uh, I have discovered that when you have, uh, you know, more than a couple hours in front of the screen, go for a walk, like walk the block for five minutes, 10 minutes. I'm now that after watching dorky neighbors, like, like pump their arms and <laughs> shit when they're like, like wide swings. And I'm like, that'll never be me. Do you know what I do is I, whatever I'm wearing for work, I just throw, well, since it's been the weather, I just throw a hoodie over it. Sometimes I throw the hoodie on because I'm like, I don't even want people to see me. But I'm like wildly swinging my arms and like counting my steps. I'm like, I closed my rings, fool. You know, like that's that's how I survive is just move your body. I, you know, like it's not just enough to stand up. I'm sorry, Apple Watch. I need more than just to stand. I need to move my body. And before I know it, like the chills off me, I've sloughed off what I've had. And I'm like, cool, let's get it in. Sometimes I've done like three walks in a day. It, I don't care. It's There's room to, because there's not a commute anymore. And also nobody is even asking if you're doing eight hours of work anymore. Like we stopped caring about that. Like, so just do what you need to do to be effective and get the job done. You know what? Part of me being effective means, you know, an hour, hour and a half every day, I'm going for a walk. All right. Sometimes I might have my dog. Sometimes I might just be by myself and I look creepy. I don't care. I'm not staring at you. Don't look at me back. Okay. Claudia, what about you? Get up from your seat. Screen fatigue is real. Butt fatigue is real. And step away from the screen. Like I know I tell people all the time, so I'll be in workshops and I We'll, we'll take a little coffee break, a stretch break, whatever you need. Please, I encourage you to step away from the screen and then I don't practice what I preach. So get away from the screen and find what works for you. So I'm, I'm with you where I'm on. Take that walk, get some fresh air. Be the weird person that's like waving your arms around like a crazy person outside. That works. Get some sunshine. Get some sunshine. Get vitamin some vitamin D. D. Do they, so do they have we sunshine in Newcastle. <laughs> Sometimes. It it's happens. been snowing today. Oh god. No. It was 80 degrees this week in Texas. You gotta translate that. No, oh, no old money. <laughs> it was hot. Google it. I'm gonna do what Sam did. Google it. <laughs> I think that's like mid Come on. Merm's from Texas. He doesn't translate anything for anybody. <laughs> Nor do we apologize. It's like 25, 26 degrees Celsius. He Googled that and he just wanted to make it look like he knows how to translate it. <laughs> there, there's a oh, knowing Mike, he probably know does it. know that. All right. So we are coming up on time if we have people that are still listening. Um, so after all of that retrospectiving. Um, do we have any shout outs or plugs or any information to share? Discord, find us on the Discord. Find us on the Discord. Link should be in the podcast notes. They will be. No pressure, Mer. <laughs> and hold on, we got a couple because we said this is a Discord community member panel show. So we're gonna plug some people on Discord. We've got Sarah Baca, who's our clean queen, is giving a clean language talk at Agile 2022. 
We have I'll our be there. own. Yeah, I won't. Francie Van Workis, who recently published a new book, The Employee Coach Handbook and How to Grow a Strategic and Resilient Employee Coach Team and Individual Coaching Practice. Have we got anything else here? Bring it home, girlfriend. All right, I'm bringing it home. Tongue twister's coming. Thanks again to our awesome panel. Uh, and to anyone who is still listening this far into it, if you have enjoyed this episode, give us a review, a rating, or leave a comment on your podcasting platform of choice. If this is your first time tuning in, subscribe. If you want to join in on the chat, if you want to share your take, your, your retro on remote, the pandemic, or any other random meme that you want to share, join the Discord server. You can find information on agileuprising.com or the show notes. And finally, uh, support from listeners like you will help us cover hosting and prod production costs. Prod production, one of them. So go to the show notes, become a Patreon. Until next time, this is the Agile Uprising Podcast, signing out. <laughs>